You are now listening to Peace and Calm amongst a world of chaos. Close your eyes for bad political takes and the commentary of warmongers can no longer hurt you. You are safe, my child. You are safe. This is Jacob Standridge of the Standing Brothers Show, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother Joseph. Joseph, say hello. Hello. Grab a popcorn, grab some drinks, and strap in for the next hour of quality political content right now. Stay tuned, everybody. Thank you. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Episode 142. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Guys, welcome back. You were going to say something there, and you're going to be like, yeah, guys, it's so great to have you back. I I put my phone down because I didn't want it on my computer, because I didn't want to knock my drink over onto my computer, which would have been a horrible catastrophe. Um, But regardless of that, I hope you enjoyed that little teaser thing at the beginning, because that was creepy as all get out. I don't know where I'm you. I don't, to, I don't know where you got that from. I'm trying to set a calming mood. For well, these if if anything uh, going on in the world is should be calming. It's not. Uh, th- well, this um, this should be a, a safe space where people can relax because right now um, the the whole world is turned to eleven. We are at maximum whelm. Like everyone is so overwhelmed. Oh, We're at maximum whelm. I think whelm. it could get worse. No, no, no. Listen, Joe, you don't understand. Okay. The world is at maximum whelm. We, we cannot be overwhelmed any more than we already are. If you'd watch the television, of course, that's what you'd be led led to believe. Well, yeah, if you're watching the corporate TV uh, or reading the corporate news, of course you would think that. Um, if you were to be watching CNN, MSNBC, Fox, or if you were reading the New York Times or Washington Post or even, I don't know, anywhere uh, these days, you you would think that the world is going to end. Which is why I <clears> wanted to set a very calming mood place to relax to to let your stresses and your fears and all the bad political warmongering co- content cannot touch you any farther because you are in a safe space well i hate to i hate to rain on your parade there uh but the news that i've got is is uh, uh i don't know a little concerning well if you're wondering what the concerning news is ladies and gentlemen um <laughs> Uh, late to the party, as per usual, when it comes to Always the Standing time. Brothers show, the most timely show on the internet, and we are going to we are we are trademarking that. Um, so Russia did in fact invade Ukraine, largely against of what myself and you thought was going to happen. Um, some people would be like, "Oh, Jacob, you're a moron. You said they weren't going to invade. Jacob, you said there's no reason they would invade." Um, Yes, that that was typically the the um, standing of most people who are who know a thing or two about what's going on. It doesn't make any sense for Russia or for uh, Putin and Russia to do what they're doing right now, but uh, they're doing it against all logic that myself and everybody else had, who were trying to stay up on this thing and not just 
uh, following whatever the um, to, um, so New York Times is saying on this. But uh, I guess I was proven wrong. If you want to dunk on me, fine. Uh, whatever. Uh, I don't know why you're dunking on someone for this. Um, you could be dunking on Joe Biden because he said if we sanction and if we do X, Y, and Z, then I can pre- I can prevent this from happening. So I don't know. direct your direct your anger and outrage accordingly is what I will say to that. Well, I mean, we were so savagely taken down uh, by Google. Our humble little podcast was uh, censored again. Yeah. On uh, YouTube for some COVID things we said. Um, you know, when when uh, when Pudi uh, first went in, I thought, okay, he's go- he he first went into the Donbass region. I thought, okay, maybe he'll just stay in the Donbass region because those areas had voted to be a part of of Rusa. And but no, he's going to Kiev or Kiev or Kiev or however they pronounce yeah. it now. There's like something like a forty long mile long uh, uh, convoy of uh, of trucks going into Kiev, Ka- Kiev, uh, uh, Kiev or Ka- Kiev or wherever it's called now um, to uh, to take the fight to the to the Ukrainians. Um, <clears throat> I thought he would only go that as far as the Donbass, but I was wrong. I really didn't think he would invade because I because I knew and if I if I know in my puny little brain in my uh my, if this dumb fat kid from the middle of nowhere, Georgia, can see this, then he can see this too, and he knows this too. But knowing that if you go, if you do this, if you go into Ukraine, that's going to piss off a lot of people, the EU, NATO, the United States, everyone. It's you're going to have, you're going to quickly find out that you don't have as many friends as you thought you did. Um, and I thought, hmm, if he does that, he knows what the, what the outcome's going to be. But then too, I thought, well, maybe he's acting out of desperation. Because, I don't know, the last 30, 25, 30 years, uh, he's basically been put into a corner. And, you know, well, when you put an animal in a corner, it's going to do everything it can to get out. And that's not me defending what's going on. Yeah, I want to – before we go any further, I I just want to come out and say that um, I I unapologetically – and bravely stand against the actions of Russia invading Ukraine. Can we just go and say and take a, take a brave stance and say that we are against? Um... Yeah, I think the 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 deaths that are, are a result of this invasion are on his hands. Now we could talk about what led up to this, but the action that's being taken right now is by Russia, and they are the ones who started this. Um, there are other factors in play and why this is happening, but they're the ones who kicked this thing off, and. Um, but that doesn't mean that there are parties involved here that, are, that should go without blame. Uh, that's not that's not me defending Russia at all. I think what he's doing is bad. It's evil. It's wrong. But I understand why it's happening. And for me to make that little caveat is not to say, oh, I secretly uh, am backing what's going on here. No, I'm not. But this is a very complicated issue full of many different layers. It's like a great piece of chocolate cake, Jacob. It's just layer upon layer upon layer of cake, and then the filling in between, right? It, this this the layer to this cake has probably got like fifty layers. It, it's a big cake, but what what the what the corporate press w- wants to tell you is is that oh, what's really going on here is this bland old chocolate donut. That's all that's going on here. And in the middle of this donut is Russia. Well, what I'm telling you is, hold on a second. There's a big slice of a layered chocolate cake going on here and these layers go deep and these layers run deep and to ignore all of this is really uh it's it's 
they're 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 lying to you when, when they tell you that there's only one side of the story. No, there's there are many sides and uh, little rabbit holes that go down in the story. So what what I'm trying to do is is say, hey, look, let's let's peel back some of these layers of this delicious chocolate cake and let's talk about it. Don't go for the unglazed, you know, stale chocolate donut. Let's go for the slice of cake. Well, the thing that people don't that was so stupid, but I, you know, look, look. Here's the thing. So. If you ask a lot of people and a lot of people who don't who don't who don't know what's going on, and that's not the fault. Like I don't think this is following the politics of um, the foreign policy of the last twenty thirty years in this country and what's going on with NATO and, and Russia. Uh, not the everyday person follows it, and largely, but, but they blindly support it. No, no, no. But, well, look, but and that's not, that's, not, that's largely not you know it's not vitally important because for the for the most part it doesn't affect. That was that doesn't affect that much of what's going on here in America, um, but there is this sentiment right now that that the reason why Putin is doing this is because he's a killer. He's this. As he's Bill O'Reilly the, once said, he's a killer. Putin's yeah, a killer. That, the, well, well, that's the motivation. Yeah, is that people asking, well, why is he doing this? And of course, if you ask anybody in the corporate press or anybody in government or in the, anybody in the, in the U.S. federal government, it's because Putin's a killer. He's and crazy. He's just, he's just he's crazy. He's a killer and he's trying to trying to bring back the USSR and that's it's, why he's It's the same way that Lindsey Graham would try to explain to you what the what the mullahs in Iran are doing. Well, they're just crazy suicidal masterminds of destruction. And it's like maybe not. Maybe there's another part of the story. Well, and then once you like I've had to explain this to people cuz cuz Whenever anything big happens in the world, usually, usually some of my friends talk to me and they ask me because because they they know I'm I'm more up to date on this stuff, and um, that there's a lot more than this going on. You know, when you explain what NATO is, and a lot of people, you know, they've heard of NATO, but they don't know really why it exists. And once you explain why it exists, they go, or why it shouldn't exist. Well, well okay, well if <laughs> yeah. you explain the purpose of what NATO is supposed to be, that is supposed to combat and defend Europe against the USSR and they're like well the USSR doesn't exist anymore and then uh, and then and then, and, and then and then you do that one meme where it's just exactly you you've proven it and you tell them that um after the fall of the USSR there was promises that NATO wouldn't expand um west past a certain point east. or sorry east past a certain point and they've broken that uh, um leagues leagues and above and that Ukraine was was the next stop in this expansion, and Putin had had enough of it. So once you bring all that context into it, it makes more sense. It doesn't make it right. Like it is, it, it doesn't make it doesn't make what Putin is doing is right. And if if people want to call me a Putin apologist, whatever. I I I I will join the likes of Tucker Carlson and Tassie and and Tulsi Gabbard of being of being on Putin's payroll, which. Gosh, Putin! If you want to start putting money in my bank account, uh, that'd be fantastic. I would kill to have uh, dollars, money. not rubles, please. Yeah, we'll get into that later. But yeah, I would kill to have some of that Putin money. Have you seen that man's house? It looks like a James Bond's villain's. Uh, it does. Now, there's a lot of conspiracies out there. If if Putin is the first trillionaire, I don't know if I buy into that. Um, certainly, he is a, a wealthy dude, but I don't think he is. If you listen to the corporate press, and I made the the grave error and mistake of watching the View today. <laughs> oh, you! Oh, did you actually go through with that and watch I it? I watched about to the first commercial break, then I had to turn it off. But because I left for work, and you were like, "I'm gonna watch the View today," I'm like, 
Good luck. I was like, are you going to kill yourself afterwards? And I, I just find you hanging from the ceiling fan. <laughs> and then the remote's in your hand. Whoopie pushed me over the edge. <laughs> no. Uh, so, but they, they started their show off with this. And, uh, of course, it's it's the, the typical corporate press um, response to what's going on. Well, Putin's a killer and whatnot. And uh, they they eventually got to the point where they're talking about, you know, the man who shall not be named, which, of course, is Trump in, on their show, and how, you know, Trump was, you know, a big fan of Putin. And then they kind of got to the point where they're talking about how the reason why there's so much Republican and conservative support for Putin is because he's white. <laughs> it's because he's a white nationalist. Yeah, that's definitely. Like, wow, how devoid of the of the, the realities, the situation do you have to be to, to, to come to that conclusion? I don't even know what to. I don't I even know what test, to say to that. There's nothing about what's going on here about <clears throat> Putin trying to create uh, an ethically white state. Eastern Europeans already white. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. They're about as white as they come. Eastern Europeans. Well, they say. Well, they say because he, the Russia rejects diversity and they reject the the woke stuff. And well, all that. is Ukraine better at, at at at? Is Ukraine more 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 woke? Are they are they the woke Eastern well, Europeans? I mean, if you listen to the View or any of these other shows on the daytime shows, you would think that Ukraine is the is the uh, the cradle of democracy. That if Ukraine falls, they all fall. And it's like, well, first of all, Ukraine's not a democracy. Yeah. Like, uh, they jail opposition. And to, to, to firmly plant your flag of democracy in Ukraine just shows what a clown you are. Because you obviously don't know what you're talking about. Um, and so they, they paint all these people as white nationalists. Like, they, they say that the reason why Tucker Carlson likes Putin is because he's, he's a white nationalist. Now, if you listen to Tucker's show, if you watch a full-length uh, episode of one of his shows, nowhere does he anywhere mention that, hey— I'm a white nationalist, and I, I really like the white race, and everyone else can just go to heck. He condemned the actions every single um, – because uh, I've watched Tucker every night, at least the opening monologue for the mm -hmm. past time or, or ever since Russia did this. And every time he says, we condemn – on this show, we condemn what Putin is doing, and I can speak and I, and I can speak along with fair-minded Americans, and most of America for that matter, that we condemn the actions of, of Putin. So I'm not sure where they're getting this this pro-Putin, um, you know, it's like it likes a playing cover form or whatever. I'm still struggling to find that. Um, well, really what it is is because, well, if you, if you in any way draw a, any kind of comparison or try to explain what's going on here without repeating the official narrative, well, then you must automatically be on their oh, side. Oh, no, that, that's it. Uh, because what this is, is that this is the 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 most dangerous thing that we have in this world is, is a binary choice. And this binary choice exists. Either you're with us or you're with the enemy. So if you don't buy the official narrative of, uh, well, Putin's a killer. He's a killer. You know, he's KGB killer. He's a killer. Um, channeling Bill O'Reilly. Killer. He's a killer. Um, if you don't, if you don't buy that official narrative, and you say, "Hey, maybe there's some more to the story than meets the eye," well, obviously, because you're, because you, because you're not willing to go along with, well, Putin's a killer. Well, that automatically means you're on his side. Automatically, you're on his side. It's the same thing that happened in Iraq and with uh, Saddam Hussein, the WMDs, and whatnot. If you didn't repeat what Bush said of, well, or what Colin Powell said, you know, they've got yellow cake and they've got weapons of mass destruction. If you say, hey, I don't know if I believe you. I don't know if you're telling the truth. If you said that, then you were automatically on the side of the Saddam Hussein or all these folks, right? It's the same thing. 
And of course, all of the people who said that you know he didn't have weapons of mass destruction have all been venerated as being right because they all lied. The difference with this situation is is that we can clearly see what's been going on the last 30 years. And we can clearly see how one action by NATO and the U.S. and the EU leads to another action by Russia. And it just builds and builds and builds. We basically got, have gotten ourselves into an arms race with Russia versus NATO. Now, you brought up NATO earlier, <clears throat> uh, just a minute ago. And uh, 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 Ron Paul put out a piece on the Ron Paul Institute for Peace uh, this morning about NATO. Um, and the idea that NATO even still exists makes no sense. Makes no sense. Because the justification that you will hear for NATO existing is countering Russia. They'll say that, oh, well, we don't really don't think Russia's that big of a deal. They, they're not that big of a threat. So, so let's just put these anti-nuclear missiles in Poland. Let's move troops in further east. Let's just gobble up all these former Soviet Union countries. Let's just move further east because, well, we don't know what he's going to do. He may do nothing, but, you know, let's just see what happens. So they move a little closer. Putin responds, oh, this is Russian aggression. we got to move further. They move further. Putin reacts, oh, gosh, the Russians are, are, are regaining ground or whatever. we got to move even closer. So it's like this self-licking ice cream cone. It's a self-fulfilling pr- prophecy, if you will. The idea of NATO even existing is stupid because, well, again, the Soviet Union fell. So the charter for NATO ceased to exist. So conspiracy theory time. Let's put our tinfoil hats on. All right, it's on. <clears throat> the only reason why I think NATO even exists anymore is because, well, there's two factors at play here. There's the energy stuff with the pipelines and uh, Europe self-inflicting or so- taking itself off of fossil fuels uh, because you know climate change. All these European countries have just, uh, just you know, shot themselves in both feet and both arms and both hands by taking themselves off of fossil fuels. Well. They realize they still kind of need some of these fossil fuels to, like, natural gas. Because, you know, if you want to have power and heat, well, you got to burn something. You can't just burn the, the sun. For, you can't just use solar and wind for everything because the technology isn't there. So what's been happening is, is that, uh, especially Germany and other countries, buy lots of energy from Russia. And what happens is, is that, well, we can't, the U.S. will say, well, we can't allow Russia and Germany to be together because then that cuts in on our, in, in on our action of selling weapons to uh, to the Ukraine and other countries because we need to have animosity between these two countries. So the so the, so if we have so if we allow economic ties between Germany and Russia, then then they may have, they might have some detente. Well, we can't have that. So what do we do? We sanction the Nord Stream one. We try to shut down Nord Stream two. Because if you realize that, you know, a good way to have peace in the world is through economic cooperation, would you not agree? Yeah, that's how we, <clears throat> that's what stops wars. Right. So the ability to freely trade goods because there's so, a financial incentive for both economies to be strong. So the U.S. denying or trying to deny like what Trump did and sanctioning the Nord Stream pipelines and then pipelines coming out of Israel into uh, uh, into Europe, shutting all that off. Uh creates energy problems and that's one of the reasons why we're here is because it's it's energy problems secondly i think too is it's that because russia and sometimes g 
from China and Modi from India, they're not down with the whole economic forum of the Klaus Schwab, the, the Davos people. They're not down with all that. They're not down with the, the cultural Marxism or the wokeism stuff. Down with the cause. They're not down with the cause. And that's one of the reasons why Europe does not like Putin. It's because Russia is one of the last places to reject uh, all of that stuff. They're, Putin says, yeah, you can keep all that cultural uh, leftist and woke stuff in, in the West. We don't want that here in Russia. And you know what? He has every right to do that. And there was an article in um, on the Mises Institute uh, declaring that this is basically what's going on. It's because the reason why they hate Putin is because he rejects the woke stuff. He rejects so-called diversity. He's uh, he. They're not the the people there are not so fond of gay marriage. Um, you know, it's it's a lot of that stuff too. And then again, it's NATO, NATO moving forces in, NATO gobbling up all these countries. And now they were uh, the EU was trying to get uh, Ukraine to join, and then Russia, or I'm sorry, Ukraine was trying to join NATO, and. Putin said, hang on a second, you are on the gates of my neighborhood here. You know, you are knocking on the gates of my neighborhood. And he's saying, you know, this is my sphere of influence, and I can't allow this to happen. It's the same thing as if post-Cold War, if NATO, or I'm sorry, if Russia or China were moving in through Brazil and up in, into Mexico, or if they were coming down from uh, Canada. It's the same thing. No Rush, no uh, U.S. president would ever allow that to happen. They would get blasted by the right and the left if they were allow that to happen. And you know that's the truth. And you if, know that's the, that's that's what would have happened if there was a federation of of countries in, in Europe that was solely dedicated to the to um to to setting up forces and setting up um armaments for deterring the United States of America and one day they just came up to Mexico and said hey you want to be part of the gang do you think that, that any US president would be like yeah that's fine you can just you, you can just put this giant um, force of countries around the border of us that'd be perfectly fine perfectly justifiable but but <clears throat> but no Joe he's just a killer um there's a couple couple of things that I that, that I that I that I saw coming out of this and there's a lot of bad takes coming out of this and you explained it all perfectly. And I, I, I think that we've, I think we've done a good job as kind of over the course of building all of this up until it actually happens that people who listen to the show probably have a good idea of what, um, of what the climate was that was leading up to this. Um, this is not just Putin wanting to reestablish the, the, the USSR as much as, as much as they really, really want him to as be, much to be as doing Richard that. Maddow wants it to happen, um, it's probably not going to happen. It's not what this is. Um, and people are at, people um, woke up on Friday morning and they were all surprised. They were like, what? what is he doing? What is he doing? What is Putin doing? How could this be happening? You know, he's going into Ukraine. Um, even though uh, for the last 15 years he's called out the NATO aggression against his country and said basically you know the stern warnings against it and they and the west has told him to go pound sand basically so <clears throat> what happens when um a foreign leader who is worthy of respect and remember when that uh the admiral from germany was uh, uh, dismissed because he said that you know at the very least he could give the guy a little respect um someone who is worthy of respect uh you don't doesn't mean you have to like him or agree or, with or him. agree with him or 
condone what's happening, but someone like him d- demands respect. And if you can't give that to him, you end up in situations where we are now. Because um, another example of this is uh, uh, a couple years ago, Showtime did a interview between Oliver Stone and Putin. And here's a perfect example. So <clears throat> the U.S. goes in along with NATO and the EU, and they put anti-nuclear missiles in Poland and some other countries. Right? These are the these are the types of weapons that are supposed to uh, destroy nuclear missiles if once uh, they've been launched. Now, uh, people, some a lot of people agree that these things don't work because you're basically trying to shoot a bullet with a bullet. Well, even if it does work, and you and you and you detonate a nuclear warhead in the upper atmosphere. That fallout has to that that energy has to go somewhere. The again the pulse of that blast has to go somewhere, and all of the nuclear material has to go somewhere. Right. So so maybe you don't cause physical destruction, but you're still going to cause biological destruction. Right. So I I don't so I, so the question was asked. So Oliver Stone asked Putin. He says, "You know that these things really don't really work that much, right? Because remember in the '80s, they're talking about space lasers. They're going to shoot maybe over water. The- I could see it possibly being effective. Like if Japan were to launch a nuclear weapon at at Los Angeles. Yeah. Okay, then I could see you blowing up over the Pacific Ocean. I I I could I could suspend my disbelief, but over Belgium." Maybe not. I don't so, think so. You know, the 80s are talking about shoot space lasers in the space and whatnot, and now there's like these uh, these missiles that that are pretty much agreed upon. They don't really work. And when Oliver Stone asked Putin this, he says, "You know that these uh, anti nuclear missiles are really just a boondoggle for weapons manufacturers in the in the West." And Putin says, "Yeah, I know that, but I can't pretend they're not there. Yeah, I can't pretend that they don't work because there might be that small chance that they do work." And Putin says, well, then, then in 2018, when Russia, you know, had to modernize all their nuclear warheads, well, why do you think that was? Do you think it was maybe to counter these anti-nuclear missiles placed in Poland? So, again, it's the self-looking ice cream cone. It's the, the prophetical pro- uh, uh, prophecy of the self-fulfilling prophecy that is, oh, well, we do one thing, and that automatically triggers a response. So that justifies our initial response. Mm-hmm. We got to do something else. So, but if I were to say that on Fox News, if I were to go on Fox News and say that to Jesse Waters, whatever, it's like, well, how much did Putin beg you last month? It's like, no, you're missing the point. And Colonel Douglas McGregor was on with Trey Gowdy, and he said a lot of the same things that we're saying. And then you know who he has on right after that? This Janice Griffith lady. Uh, No, the Janice, um, Janice Griffin. I don't know. I can't whatever her name is. I don't, I don't know. I honestly, don't care. Uh, the Pentagon reporter for uh, Fox News. Oh, you're talking about yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, you know, she's like, "Well, I gotta, re- I gotta re- rebut everything he just said there because that's a lot of dis- disinformation." It's like, well, and well, that's- first of all, lady, you work for the 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 Eye of Mordor when it comes to lying about wars. Like that, you work for the hub of misinformation. You wasn't your talk boss about Colin Powell for a while? Yeah, like you want to talk about misinformation? Like that's misinformation right there. Yeah. Um. But again, too, you know, you can't ignore all these things. And so. I think that that's what we're getting. And I and the one thing I, I wanted to kind of talk about the the, the the for the length of this conversation because I think this episode is only going to be about Russia because there's just a lot lot to unpack and talk about. Is right now I think the most dangerous thing for America, it it's not it's not Russia. Um, 
and I'm going to get into some to some polls and some stats. Glenn Greenwald wrote, wrote a fantastic article. I highly recommend. I think it's actually free for everyone to listen to. I'm, or not listen to. Um, to read. But he does actually post um, audio versions later on that someone narrates. But regardless, I believe I believe it's free free to read. So if you if you take time after this episode or for this episode, uh, please read Glenn's article because it is fantastic breaking all this down. Um, there's a very dangerous sentiment right now going on with 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 the rhetoric and the, the couple of examples that I've seen. And I, I, again, when I when, when I when I state these examples, I'm not stepping on toes. I'm not um, lumping those people in with the rhetoric of the corporate press or with the um, state. So when I, just please understand that if you're listening to this and you've held this or you've said this, I'm not lumping you in with that. I'm just saying I have, I have, there's a point to be made here that whenever we do these I stand with Ukraine or whenever we come out and we want to pray or have, have a, a moment of silence for the victims of Ukraine, fine. There's nothing inherently wrong with that. And, and I think that you should pray and have moments of silence for them because I think that it, it, looking at this objectively, Ukraine is the victim in all this. They've been they've been. Well, the people I, I, anyway. No, they've been the pawn of NATO in the United States right now, and a lot of the people, which there are, you could, there are definitely some bad people in Ukraine with reference to some of the Nazis that, like, like, like legit Nazis. You mean the the Nazis that are fighting the the, the Russian invaders? Yes, but I'm saying though, <laughs> but but there are actual civilians that have nothing nothing to do with that that are being displaced, mm-hmm. like millions are being dis- displaced, and I think that. Um, from 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 no fault of their own, so definitely I think with that. But there is this sentiment right now where I stand with Ukraine or or, or pray with Ukraine or or we we're against the actions of Ukraine. I saw this um, almost everywhere Sunday and Saturday. There was a protest. Um, I went to the um, Atlanta United game. It was the um, opening day or, or the the opening match of the season. And outside the stadium, there was a protest for for Ukraine, and there's a guy holding up a sign that said "Take Russia off a of Swift," even though that happened on Friday, which is kind of funny. I'm like, bro, you're <laughs> you're like 48 hours too late on this one. Um, but even at the, at the stadium, before they played the national anthem, they had a moment of silence for for Russia. And again, I'm uh, please. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with with with. Um, sending thoughts and prayers to the the innocent people who are and and the the Russian people as well who had nothing to do with this who are going to be um, who are going to be um, hurt politically financially as a result and had nothing to do with the actions of NATO Putin or Russia or, or, or Ukraine so again but right now there is a sentiment that standing with Ukraine is holding this well we need to do something about this we need to act because this is not a, it's not allowed um there was and, and and we're seeing that anybody that is against this anybody that calls out this narrative well like my position on this i'll be fully honest that we should just mind our own freaking business yes yes keep a close eye on what's going on but as far as this notion that we need to get involved we need to send troops or as what i'm not kidding you I forget the Congress. Um, Adam Kinzinger? It might have been Kinzinger. Yeah. One of them was suggesting a United Kingdom 
and U.S. Air Force enforced no-fly zone yeah, over Ukraine. Yeah. And I think he even said that anyone who, who, who's against that should resign or something like that. So, bro, you want to set up a no-fly zone with U.S. fighters. What happens whenever a Russian uh, passenger jet or, or any sort of Russian fighter or, or any sort of plane breaks that? Are you going to shoot it down? Boom, you've just caused World War Three. What were you preventing in that? What, 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 what was the advantage in, in, in that? These people are idiots. And look, some moron voted for this person to be in office. So good job, everybody. Good job. You just, you just, you just voted for a man who literally wants to cause a World War III. Because that's, 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 let, let's be honest. If we have United States patrolling the airspace of Ukraine. Well, he said. Uh, that, 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 that's it. That's he, it. He it's said, over. Uh, I saw the tweet. And he said, well, we own the air. What, like we own the air. We the U.S. owns the air. Uh, hello, the air is literally everywhere. But we no, don't own the air. But but you have to notice on what he said. I forget. I, I don't have the tweet in front of me. But but essentially, if you were against this, then you're on the side of Russia. And that's where we're getting into this this really really dangerous binary system right now. Where if you stand with Ukraine, then you have to be for the United States having some kind of part to play in this. I have a great example for you. Um, Senator Mike Lee, who um, when it comes to senators, I tend to lean pretty, pretty favorable. I think he's pretty cool. Okay, so I found a tweet. Okay, what so does it say? I'll read the whole thing. It's read two the, part. Read the whole two thing. Part. The fate of Ukraine is being decided tonight, but also the fate of the West. Declare a hashtag no-fly zone over Ukraine at the... Uh, uh, Investigation of a of the sovereign governments disrupt uh, Russia's air ops to give a heroic Ukrainians a fair fight. It's now or later. I think he meant to say it's now or never, but whatever. Part two: History teaches us that taking a stand is inevitable and gets uh, more costly with time. We own the skies. Russia cannot hold a candle to our air power. Do this. Putin is too dangerous to hope that he is satisfied with just Ukraine. We own the skies. What is this? Yeah. We don't own the skies. Especially, do we, do we own the skies maybe over the continental United States maybe or over the 50 any, states? Any U.S. But, territory or state of the United States. Sure. Sure. But last I checked, Ukraine is not a territory or state unless you just invented that it is. But Joseph – there's an embassy there, so as we can patrol the, so, so we can control the few, the few uh, square square acres that occupy the embassy. We'll just have one helicopter above the embassy. Um, so Senator Mike Lee, who, um, when it comes to senators, I tend to think that he's one of the good, the gooder people. Um, there <laughs> is that the uh, technical English term. Yeah. Gooder? So you have like. When it comes to senators, you have like Rand Paul, and then you have um, a few flights of stairs below is Mike Lee, and then just everybody else is kind of like just you have to like it's the bottomless pit. Um, it's the pit from Three Hundred is kind of kind of where where that falls. So Mike Lee, that's, um, this a, is, that's a, a reference is completely lost on that me. is a that is a movie that, that is a hip. See, see, here we go. The Standing Brothers Show. We have some hip cultural references. <laughs> <laughs> Getting down with it. Um, so this is from Glenn's article. Um, I'm, I'm going to quote him and, and paraphrase at, at times. So Senator Mike Lee, who has long been an advocate of requiring con con congressional approval for the, for the deployment um, by the president of military forces into war zones, you know, like the Constitution. So he's 
he's an advocate for following the rules that you swore an oath to follow. Okay, got it. Um, he said on Friday that Biden's troop movements into into Eastern Europe constitutes war de um, decisions that constitutionally necessitates a approval from Congress. He, um, Mike Lee said, President Biden's unilateral deployment of our armed forces into the European theater, where we now know that there are intimate hostiles ne nearby, triggers the War Powers Act, necessitating that the president can report to Congress within 48 hours. So basically saying that you need to come to us if, if you're going to do that. You have 48 hours. And I would love to hear someone argue against this and say, well, hey, of course Biden has the right to move troops into a hostile, combat, active combat zone and not get congressional approval. What, so what are they going to do? Are the U.S. troops just going to stand there and not shoot because, oh, well, we haven't had a Congress vote. So this will be shot to death if, if Russia or Ukraine decides that, 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 that they don't want U.S. forces there? N no. If you move troops into this area, you're going to do it because you want them to fight and you want them to defend or attack a certain area. And if, it gets, if, it gets, if, it, if it's against Russia, it's an act of war. That's, that's what you're saying. If you move troops into an active combat zone— what else are they there to do? Like I'm, I'm trying to find. And if you're a moron, well, it's deterrence. Well, it's deterrence, Jacob. If you're a moron that thinks that Congress shouldn't vote on this, uh, I'd love to hear the argument. Now, so the, the, hold on a second. Hold okay. on a second. So, um, for so for this, um, one of the senators from uh, no, a, a congressional candidate from uh, Georgia and a self-proclaimed socialist, uh, Joey. Palamento, Democrat from Georgia, awesome, good represent, said, um, criticized him and vilified him as a Russian agent saying, quote, are you running for the senator of Moscow? So, record scratch. By a senator saying, hey, you need to come to us so we can vote whether or not you have the right the to move or the authority to move troops into an active combat zone therefore, therefore makes you an agent of Russia. So really, Mike Lee is just shilling for Putin here. Better check his bank accounts and make sure he's not getting rubles sent to it. That's where we're at right now with this, with this, this, this um, rhetoric. And here we go. We have a headline. Go back. There's one more good one. Remember Evan McMullen? Oh, yeah. Evan McMuffin, as I used McMuffin, to call him. McMuffin, because uh, he was he's formerly a CIA operator uh, in, operator Syria. in Syria. He called it, him Moscow Mike. Yeah, Moscow Mike. Uh, he's saying uh, uh, to distract from the fact that, that he traveled to Russia and brazely appeased Vladimir Putin for his own political gain. Again, I haven't seen, the, seen any evidence of that. Well, that's but, what that's what, that's what um, um, so, so McMullen did. Right. But so what I want to ask is, that, okay, so... Uh, Mike Lee is doing this now. Do you know he also did this? Remember that fake gas attack in Syria? Yes. And uh, uh, he asked again, okay, I love to see hear the uh, Trump administration's justification for this act of uh, this use of force. Oh, and he got destroyed by, by conservative and Trump, Trumpers. I think Mark Levin was one of the morons who called him an anti-Trumper because he dared. And, and, and I, I just, I remember simply saying, whoa, 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 hang on, conservatives. They know that, that constitution you like to wave around yeah. like a prop? Well, he's asking you to enforce the constitution, but you have got Trump and the war so far shoved up your butt that you can't see clearly. 
Here's a guy who's trying to effectively enforce, his job. enforce the Constitution. The only one, it seems like, to enforce the, the, this, this, the so-called law that we've all agreed to. Well, he's asking you to, to abide by that, and you're saying no? Like, well, then whose side are you on? So, yeah. um, You have that, which is a congressperson. Senator. Saying to a senator. From Utah. Here's a here's a here's an egregious Rolling Stone article that again, um, if you're taking anything from the Rolling Stone seriously at this point when it comes to political takes, uh, you're putting on your own clown makeup. Well, you're 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 kind of lost, and I, I don't think you're listening to our show. But if 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 you hear me, uh, you're you're lost. So the the headline reads this: These are the American right wingers. Covering for Putin as Russia invades Ukraine. And, of course, you have pictures of Tuck Carlson, Alex Jones, and I don't know who that I'm is. I'm not sure who that is. But he's another uh, – is that J.D. Vance? I guess I don't know. I guess so. So and then the, the, the sub-headline says, from Tucker Carlson, Tulsi Gabbard, these prominent Moscow apologists tried to tell you Ukraine's fate shouldn't matter to America. Um, well, I hate to break it to you. Spoiler alert, it's not. <laughs> well, I, I want, I'm still waiting for the justification that it does. Yeah, I'm still waiting for the just. Yeah, exactly. I'm still waiting for what it is. But here we go. It, it, sa- it literally says American right-wingers, and then it has a, a, a Tulsi Gabbard, Gabbard <laughs> who is a progressive and is a, is a former Democratic congresswoman from the state of Hawaii. Hawaii, not exactly a Trump-loving... Uh, state, if I if I remember, I think Hawaii is like one of the bluest states in in, in the. They're the union. ones who are still holding on to the mask mandate. Yeah, the Hawaii state, is Hawaii is 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 like is like Washington D.C., California, like Washington State blue. Um, yeah, it, it's it's so. I I don't know how they're throwing in. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard, but Tulsi Gabbard has kind of been um, excommunicated ever since that she she destroyed um, Kamala. Kamala Harris on yeah. stage. She and, destroyed the darling of the. Uh, oh, and, and and so and so wonderfully destroyed. Um, and then I guess I got now destroyed by Tulsi. It's hilarious. Well, and I guess now they have more um, evidence to or to fuel their arguments because she was at CPAC. Which, by the way, I actually might t- cover that on Friday if I have time. Friday's episode. Um, just, just kind of, just listen to her speech at CPAC because it was actually very, very good. Um, but still, I think that her going to CPAC—not to rabbit trail too much—is a, a pretty amazing thing because what we're seeing right now, and I talked about this many times on other episodes, that you're seeing um, smart people on the right and the left coming together over something right now, and I think that's pretty great. And you know, whenever you see like Jimmy Dore on Tucker Carlson, or you see Glenn Greenwald on Tucker Carlson, you know you have the the, the biggest voice right now in as far as right wing media, and the biggest voice of the right as far as when it comes to like cable news goes, talking to Jimmy Dore and Tulsi Gabbard, like that's pretty incredible that we have that, and a lot of conservatives will look at those people, maybe not agree with them one hundred percent politically, but on that topics they're talking about, they can be like, yeah, I can agree with progressives and not completely throw that away on his face. Much the same way when Caitlyn Jenner goes on uh, goes on a Sean Hannity show. <laughs> when the cringe is too much. So here you go. Here you go. So if you speak out or if you don't hold the, 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 the narrative that Ukraine is this great United States threat, 
Um, well, then you're just a Moscow apologist, according to the Wall Street Journal. And this is pretty, pretty common all over. Um, there's another thing that, that that Glenn referenced, and did you, did you want to talk about anything else before I keep going? Or yeah, keep going. Anything, I'm, okay, I'm sure I'll jump in at some point. So, this is the most most concerning about me is the propaganda, and it says the rhetoric. About it's you? what we're no no what what I'm what is most concerning to me. Okay, sorry. <laughs> what did I say? Most concerning about me. Oh, most the most concerning thing to me, I okay. should have said. Like, 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 what are you concerned about yourself? Is for? <laughs> the rhetoric and is the propaganda because. You're not allowed to I, – I haven't been on Twitter, but from what I've heard watching Jimmy Dore is Twitter's kind of having one view that is allowed about this right now, and that is Russia's evil, Russia's the villain, Russia's the bad guy. They're a bunch of killers and thugs. So basically just business as usual on, on the tweeting. Yes, and that is what's only being – there's no nuance allowed in this conversation whatsoever. There's no more layers to this cake? Exactly. There's no more layers to this cake. Um, that that is it. There is just a single layer. It is a single cupcake, and it's got no icing. It's I, a bald I pre- cupcake. I prefer my donut, but well, that's fine. So the reason why I say that this is really concerning is because it's very similar to the language that's being used from the uh, w- this war on terror. So basically, so, so post nine eleven. Remember the famous Bush quote that said, "If you're either for, you're either with us or, or with the terrorists. You're either with us or you're with the terrorists." Well. It, is that is that any different from well you're either with the U.S. or you're, or you're with Russia? I don't know if that's true. You're with you're with Ukraine or you're with Russia on this, Jacob. There is no in between. Hey, hey, Jack, listen, listen here, fat. You're either with us or you're with with Putin. So here you go. So here, here here's an article from National Review that's that's dates 2003. Um, unpatriotic conservatives. David Frum. David Frum yeah. Um, Basically, it's saying that um, all of those who, who, who dissent – here we go. From the very beginning of the war on terror, there, have, there has been dissent, and as the war proceeded in Iraq, the dissent has grown into more radical and more vo- vocacious views. Perhaps that was to be expected, but here is what never could have been. Some of the leading figures in the anti-war movement call themselves conservatives. Which means we got to get behind the guy who took down Corn Pop. That's right, Corn Pop. We got to get behind Biden because he took down Corn Pop. And so so we already have the same playbook. Corn Pop was a bad dude. He was, was one bad dude. Maybe Putin was actually Corn Pop. Maybe Putin is Corn Pop. P- Putin is Corn Pop, and he's just one bad dude. He, just, he, was, trying to, he was trying to tell us he's a bad dude without actually <laughs> telling us he's a bad dude. It's all starting to make sense it's now. making sense. Putin, Biden was trying to warn us. He saw this coming. He couldn't say Putin, but he could say that guy, Corn Pop, was one bad dude. One bad dude. So we had the same playbook that was being used, like before a lot of people that I know were even born. Uh, This is this is to the Zoomers. They're like, uh, what? The who? Bush was what? The who? Um, The same as that playbook. And where I think this is getting very very dangerous. And like, am I worried about? Russia. No, I'm. I'm not. I'm not worried about about Russia. Now, am I worried about their actions possibly pushing us into a conflict? Yes, but as far as Russia, like red dawning the United States, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not worried about that. I'm not. I'm not worried about a modern warfare two scenario where you have Russians in the streets of Washington D.C. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not worried about that either. But what I am worried about is is a poll right here, or it's a Gallup poll. Um, crap! I just had the statistics up. Hold I think on, you passed it. Did I pass it? 
Go back up. I'm sitting here scrolling. Okay, here it is. Yeah. So, as of right now, there's a Gallup poll that came out, I think it was last week, that Glenn talks about. Oh, Friday. That found that 52% of Americans feel that the conflict between Russia and the Ukraine is a critical threat to U.S. interests. And what interests are those, again? Security interests, financial interests, uh... I'm assuming security interests because because as you know, Russia is the greatest threat to face America ever um, greater than Imperial Japan, who killed thousands um, in a terrorist attack on Pearl Harbor. More than greater, King George, greater, greater threat than um, King George, who um, we or had Germany. to fight a war over greater threat than Germany which, or, the, or the, okay, the Soviet Union. I had a great conversation about this, about this with with our father. And that was that, you know, you know how we, I've talked about many times about the U.S.'s involvement in, in World War II and in Germany and how I think that um, there are arguments that can, that can be made for both sides. And there are credible arguments that I think that both sides make good points, whether for involvement or against involvement. But to say that the U.S. has a greater reason to go to war with, with Russia than the, the, than the Nazi Germany, I, I'm sorry, I can't. There is insurmountable better reason to, to go to war with Nazi and, and the Third Reich than there was this right now. No, no, right now, like uh, it's not even compared. Like even if you okay, subtract the Holocaust. Right, the Holocaust is a reason enough where I could be like, "Am I against the use of a draft?" Sure, but if I wanted to enlist in the U.S. Army to go stop the Holocaust, that is a justifiable cause, I think, to go lay your life down and fight for a hundred percent. But for, forget the Holocaust. Even just the advancement of Germany moving through parts of Poland, France, you could make an argument that maybe maybe they they could make it to the U.S. one day. Like that's a legit argument. That's a legit statement. And that is a I think honestly that is a legit reason for the U.S. to go in there. Like I, well, I think that's an. But I think that that that's a good argument. Like it is a good argument though. Maybe. But what okay, I'm s- I only say maybe because I'm I'm about to finish a book by Pat Buchanan on all on the World War II, um, and it's it when you look into what's re- what really went on back then, it really opens your eyes to what was actually going on, and not just the sanitized version that you no, get in, in grade school. I get that, but yeah. I'm saying though, like you could legit in front of Congress make an argument and it be somewhat sound, like that. It's a sound argument saying, hey. There's this evil um, dictatorship that's making its way across Europe, and literally, it's just the UK, and that's it. <laughs> like, there's a legit argument France, to say, but... well, well, France fell. But uh, okay, France fell, right. and it was just the UK left. Let's not get into the weeds. But, but what I'm saying yeah. though is that, like, you can make a sound argument that it have to do that. You, you don't have to make a bunch of, um, you know, Simone Biles levels of like mental gymnastics to to come to a conclusion like you would. The war on terror or like this war or like getting involved in Ukraine, because when I hear people saying, well, you know, you know, we got to get involved somehow in Ukraine or maybe it's not ground troops. Maybe it's just a cyber attack or sanctions or sanctions, which as Tulsi Gabbard has brought up many times. okay, you cyber attack Russia. What do you think he's going to do in response? Cyber attack. Okay, 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 okay. You Putin retaliates. Then what are you going to do? Are you going to attack? We are. The, the, how does this end? How does this end? Where where does this go other than a situation getting better? That's where I'm at. And the fact that we have half of the country right now seeing this as a as as a 
as, as a critical threat to, to U.S. Um, interests, you know, I think that most of the country is against ground troops in the U- in, in Ukraine. I, I, would, I would hope so. But whenever you have this sentiment, and then you also have um, 85% of Americans view Russia as unfavorable, which, again, I don't have – I don't have a – I'm more of a neutral towards unfavorable view of Russia as 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 a government as a country. I think it's just a group of people, but and the fact that it's pretty much on both sides, like Democrats and Republicans view Russia as as unfavorable right now. But what's really dangerous, though, is that once you have half the country seeing this as a critical threat to the U.S. and their national interests, I don't think it takes much more to convince them that we need to start putting troops into into Europe and fighting the Russians because you've already look you've already had five or six years of already this laid the groundwork of this narrative that Russia stole an election Russia implanted there are people out there Joe that still believe that Russia put Donald Trump in the presidency. There are people that, that still believe this <laughs> I, watched it on the, I watched it on the view today that's all, what, what I'm yeah. saying they still believe this garbage that like and there's people that I know that still like think that that that, that Russia colluded and Trump colluded with with, with with Vladimir Putin to become president. You know that perfect phone call? I we're at this point where Russia's already stolen an election and they've already invaded everyone's favorite country now is is um, like Ukraine. Ukraine. Right. You know, uh, 10 minutes ago, you couldn't point to where to where Ukraine was on a map. Have, and you couldn't yeah. tell me anything about Ukraine. You couldn't even tell me the capital of Ukraine. Look, heck, I didn't even the capital of, 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 of Ukraine was up until whenever this started to heat up. And I and I started, started looking at the map, started looking at what was going on. But you people, this is a trend. It's, it's a big trend where everybody has to outdo themselves in caring about a cause. And again, as I said earlier, nothing wrong with caring about nothing wrong with praying and having moments of silence again i'm not saying that you should i'm not saying that if you're doing that then you are for the invasion of of, of ukraine and 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 um a aggressive retaliation well, that's you're not responsible for what's going on yes but what i'm saying though is that right now that is being hitched together that it's very much so to Hey, I'm mad about about 9/11. Got hitched to, we have to go in and go in and, and get the bad guys. Those those two became locked together, and there was no separating them. There, there, there was no room for nuance. And if you had nuance, like, hey, you know, um, 9/11 was was terrible, but maybe we should do some soul searching on what caused 9/11. Maybe maybe we should look at the past. I don't know, 30 years of foreign policy. That led up to the events in 9/11. The, the, you were not allowed to have that conversation. Much so with this. Hey, bef- hey, before we start World War III, maybe we should look at: Did we have a hand in this at all? Were our actions somewhat possibly involved in creating a, an, an environment that start all this up? Now, did we fire the first shots? No. This is all on Putin. Hundred percent on Putin as far as in the first person to shoot. But. Did we create a situation that laid all of these perfect factors out? And that did we build the powder keg and we then we set the table? Yeah. And then Putin came to eat or Putin threw the match. Like I, you're not allowed to have that conversation because again, if you had that conversation, 
You're on his side. Then, you're, then exactly, you're on his side, and you and you automatically hate America. Well, okay, so I, uh, I, when the day that that uh, Putin went in, uh, Biden gave a, a speech and was talking about how you know it, it, announcing the, the sanctions that he's going to do on on, uh, on Russia, and he said that you know this goes against our shared values as, as Americans. And I thought, okay, what shared values are those? What values do we share as Americans? Do we have any? Could anyone point to any? What is he? What is he talking about? Shared values. The the defending of freedom, invading a country unjustifiably. Uh, where do you get off on saying any of that? Speaking of the U.S. elite and the establishment and the War Party, where do you get off saying that? Hey. Putin invade a country illegally. You can't do that. Didn't you just invade Afghanistan, Iraq, Syria? You've infiltrated. You've started two coups in Ukraine. That's what I love. The color revolution in Belarus. The color revolution in Kazakhstan. I, mean, I, can, I can go on. Hold on, hold on, no, no, no. I, I think I think it's absolutely, absolutely crystal clear and a hundred percent ironic that the people who have no issue. With the U.S. invading countries and displacing and causing millions of, of refugees and causing millions of deaths and permanent economic and political destruction of countries, you're not allowed to—that is perfectly okay. That is okay. What, what justifiable. Happened in, justifiable, right? You know, Gaddafi was—he was a bad dude. He was as bad as Corn Pop was. We got to go in there and take Gaddafi out. Oh, and what happened in Libya now? Libya is just so wonderful. Oh my gosh, I want to go vacation all the time. Iraq. Oh, it's a, it was it's a paradise there now. You know, the US, Afghanistan, so great. Yemen. Oh my gosh, Yemen is a dream now. Not for the fact that you have, you know, millions of children dying of cholera over there right now and you have a, a literal genocide um, which is a hundred percent the fault of the United States government and the Saudis. Um, you know, you know, you know that's okay. You know, that's all right. But Putin going into Ukraine, oh, and that's a that's evil. That's bloodthirsty. That's a killer. But whenever, but whenever Biden, Trump, or anybody else does it, they're not killers. I just, I, I'm trying to ask people. I'm trying to ask people without really asking them. It's like, what moral authority are we standing on? What's the moral justification that we have to? sanction the Russians for invading Ukraine. Because if you want to talk about illegal in, in, uh, invasions, I mean, we've done plenty of them. And I'm not, when I, when I say we, I'm not blaming the whole country of America. I'm blaming presidents, generals, the Pentagon, the, the media. That's, when I say America, that's who I mean. I don't mean the good people that live here. But, you know, Russia sits back and watches the U.S. invade country after country, Start revolution after revolution, coup after coup, coup after coup, supporting jihadists in Syria, which he and uh, and Assad tried Arming to ISIS. tried to stop creating ISIS, going into into the uh, uh, into Afghanistan, uh, arming the Taliban, all of these things. Right? They see all of this happen, and there is no uh, repercussions from any uh, Western or modern country ever. There is no country calling out the action of the United States, saying what they're doing is wrong. And see what Russia says. Well, if they can do that, why can't I? Your 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 protests for I stand with a Yemen are deafening, deafening. That you that you feel the need to 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 change your 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 profile picture to the Ukrainian flag. But you know, whenever you did it for a Yemen, that was great too. I so you know he he's. 
Putin sits back and sees all this happen, what the U.S., NATO, and uh, can get away with, all the countries they can invade, everything that they can get away with, with no uh, repercussions at all. But the moment he steps one foot into Ukraine, the world freaks the flip out. And it's like, isn't there just a little bit of a double standard? Because they're acting like that Ukraine is the, is the cradle of democracy or the, the Garden of Eden. But it's not. Ukraine has got a large problem with human trafficking, right? You know, they're, they're, where's the protests over that? Where's the protests over what, what the U.S. has been doing in, in, you know, in the Horn of Africa or in, in uh, you know, what's going on in the Middle East? Where, where's the protests over that? You know, you, know, you people you love to rave and go crazy about what's going on in Ukraine, but what about what the Saudis are doing, throwing gays off of rooftops, right? You say that, you say that Putin's unfavorable to the LGBT community. Look at freaking the Saudis. Look at Qatar. Look at all these countries in the Middle East. Yeah, you know what's funny is right now, so a lot of companies are doing doing boycotts of, of uh, doing businesses in or, – or so doing business in Russia, right? We saw them taking off Swift. Solve them, which basically taking off a of Swift means you cannot communicate banking across oceans. So Russia can no longer bank with Europe. I heard Europe. a guy saying that they, they got to cut the underwater cables to Russia. Are you for real? Yeah. Oh my god. So again, companies are bending over left and right to to come out righteously against against Russia. Again, nothing inherently wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But you know what's you know what's great? It's all the, all these countries do business in China. They do business in the Saudis, Saudis, Dubai, and Qatar. Oh, Qatar and and Dubai, that's the, that's the, that is, that is the hippest place to be. But you know that if you're gay there, oh, uh, you're not you're so hip kinda, anymore. It's, it's every, it is not down with. They are not down with the cause there. Um, so I, again, I think that this is a trend, and I think it's the best way to best way to put this up as a trend is. It's okay whenever, when, whenever I think this all boils down to that is that it's okay whenever we invade a country and whenever and when we displace and whenever we overthrow a democratically elected or or sorry not not even that a legitimate government. Well, see, I question they no, no, threw no, out no. the legitimate government all the time. Ukraine is not a legitimate government. They have been a client state of the U.S. the U.S. State Department, the U.S. De- the government for the last ten years. But look, that's what they're saying. They're they are saying they threw over a legitimate government. Right. That's what they're saying. You cannot. We did that. Yeah. We did that to the to to, to the old Ukraine. We caused a coup in the old Ukraine. Obama did that. And he, inst- there was a president. the The uh, last president of uh, Ukraine was too favorable to uh, Russia. wasn't down with the cause with all NATO. Well, he's not allowed in there anymore. We caused a coup. Little known fact. I bet you the protesters outside of Atlanta, outside of um, outside of um, um, Mercedes Benz Stadium, don't know that. But you, everybody on on Twitter and on Facebook, who are I stand with Ukraine. We we literally overthrew a government. In Ukraine, and installed one of our own toadies in there, that was going to be down with the cause. So I've got a couple more points I want to make. Is that um, any uh, Republican or conservative saying that the reason why Putin invades because uh, because Biden is weak? Oh my gosh! Uh, political talking point. That's all it is. Political talking point. Don't give them the time of day. Don't give them the time of day. They're they're mischaracterizing what's happening here. Um, I don't know what Trump would have done if the situation would have been different. I don't know for a fact what differences may have been 
But I do know that uh, when we talk about the coup in 2014, you know who was the who was spearheading that? It was Biden. It was Victoria Newland, uh, Jake Sullivan, Anthony Blinky, all these folks, right? So they were in the Obama administration when that coup took place, and they were all very instrumental in, ha- in the inner workings of that coup. Just go look up the FDEU speech by Victoria Newland that was thankfully leaked by very patriotic people. Um, so that happens in 2014. Eight years later, who's now president? Biden. And guess who's in his cabinet? Victoria Newland, Jake Sullivan, Anthony Blinky. All these people who are instrumental in that coup are now have positions of power in Biden's administration. So he, so Biden's like, ah, oh, f that, I ain't, I ain't doing this anymore. No, you know, I, I'm gonna act now. The problem is though, is that all these conservatives, Republicans, saying that Biden's weak. Okay, what else do you want him to do? You say you don't want troops there. They secretly do. You know, we we see the sanctions aren't really working and they will admit that aren't working because Biden itself in his administration said they aren't working. So no matter how many sanctions you put on, it ain't going to do jack squat. So the only alternative here is that you actually want troops on the ground. You want the no-fly zone. You want more missiles in, uh, in Ukraine. You want all this stuff. So... Saying he's weak is kind of ridiculous because he Biden has been following the the Bush Obama Trump foreign policy you know blob that's existed since 9/11. He's done all the things he's supposed to do as far as combating Russia. So I don't know what, what else you want him to do. I I think right now because what I'm worried because what I'm really worried about is is that uh, right now I think that Putin thinks he's trapped in a corridor. And he's in the fight or flight mode. The, the, the reptilian part of his brain is, is firing right now because he thinks he's backed into a corner. He's got to act to put off the, the aggressors because the aggressors, in his opinion, are NATO, the U.S., and the EU. Well, the, that's in doing, the first step in that is, is invading Ukraine, saying, drawing a line in the sand saying, this is my sphere of influence, stay out. It's the same situation as if we were messing around, as if another country was messing around the Gulf of Mexico. Same situation. Or Canada. Or Canada. And then, and the, but the same thing is happening too with China and Taiwan because suddenly we are the world's coast guard saying that China can't go into Taiwan, even though that's none of our business. When Richard Nixon went to China, he recognized Taiwan as a part of China. What. Uh, what business is that of ours? Well, but there, they... but there again, it's the hubris. It's the absolute hubris of the American elite to say you can't do that because we said so. Well, look. So there's a, there's a great historical example of this: the Bay of Pigs, the Cuban Missile Crisis. Missile Crisis. Crisis. Yes, we didn't. According to what to what to what the mainstream media would to lead to believe to what Putin should be doing is just you know money is a business. Well, then. The U.S. government should have minded their business. They they should have been like, okay, there are there are, there are supposedly um, some Russian some missiles in, in Cuba. Well, that's not that's we don't we're not in charge of Cuba. We should be minding our own business. What are you so afraid of? You know, that's we're not we're not allowed to interfere. With that thankfully, thank God, we never got involved in in that. And 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 Kennedy had the had the wisdom to not to not fall for that. But that's a it's a great example. Anyway, we had every you know, right to to be uh, to be alert because we had every right to be but concerned. But do you know what what Kennedy's cabinet, the Robert McNamara's, all these folks were saying? They were calling Kennedy a treasonous yes. traitor yes. for not for not acting on what the Russians were doing. 
never mind the fact that they put uh, missiles up in Turkey. Yeah, uh, at pointed at Russia. But I'm saying, but, but, but I'm saying though is that thankfully Kennedy didn't do that and didn't literally start World War Three. But you know what's funny? Kennedy had. But look, given those reports, he had every right to be like, "This is probably very concerning." Yeah, yeah. There are there are missiles not but a couple hundred miles away from Miami. Yeah, we should probably be looking into this. You know what's funny is that uh, so Vladimir Putin announced that he's putting the the nuclear strike forces on alert. And uh, the View was trying to was trying to paint Biden as Kennedy, saying, "Well, Ke- well, you know, Biden didn't do anything." First of all, no, that's not the situation because you, the only person that was on Kennedy's side was his brother Robert Kennedy, who met with Khrushchev and they worked the thing out. So I don't want to buy all the I don't I don't buy that Biden suddenly Kennedy in, in the Cuban Missile Crisis. It's not true at all. No. Now another point I want to make is um, so I had a conversation with someone at work about this. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, we're talking about the sanctions and it's going to make fuel prices more expensive, make food costs more expensive. Everything's going to be more expensive because of these sanctions. It's not the cause of these sanctions because, because Putin didn't, didn't invent a time machine and suddenly create inflation for the U.S. That was COVID and Trump and Biden. But the, a bad situation is about to get worse. And I said, you know, Biden and all of them are asking a lot of us uh, for this. Is it really worth us paying higher gas prices and higher food prices? Is this really worth it? Is it really worth to put the American people through this, even though uh, the consequences of this are only going to be felt by us and the Russian people? It won't be felt by Putin. It won't be felt by Trump or by Biden or any of these folks. The people who are going to get this the most are the lower and middle class folks. the poorest among us. The poorest among us. That's a lot to ask for... These people who don't know what these people even look like, where this place is even on the map. It's a lot to ask. And I, you know, and then you know, they, they this person responded and they said, "Well, we, you know, we're fighting for freedom. We're fighting for their freedom. We're going to help defend freedom." I, and I said, "What about our freedom?" Yeah, we don't. I don't. I don't. I don't remember. The, I don't remember Biden swearing to the Constitution of Ukraine. I think it was to secure the freedom of. Americans, because if you buy the narrative of the Constitution, the president, the the government is supposed to protect our freedoms. Are our freedoms sudden, are just hanging in the balance in Ukraine? Is our right to the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, the Third Amendment, is that hanging in the balance in Ukraine? I I certainly don't think so. So what about our freedom? We like to talk about defending the freedom of others, but what about defending our freedom? What about us? When do we get when do we get some of this freedom that everyone talks about? When do we get a little of that action? Didn't we just go through two years of the COVID lockdowns and mandates and all that nonsense? What about us? You know, we we, we had the the totalitarian dictator in, in the uh, Francois Trudeau up there in Canada, right? You see that in Canada, that so very easily could have happened here. In some states, it did. What about our freedom? I thought the U.S. government was supposed to, was solely to protect our freedom. If you buy what so so supposedly government's supposed to do is protect the freedom of of its citizens, not other citizens around the world. It's this is about it should be about us. And you might think, well, that's selfish. You know, you got to think about other people. If other, first of all, if you've got a problem in your country. That's your problem. Our problems should come first when, as far as the U.S. government's concerned. 
Now, I'm not saying that, you know, Biden should be focused inward because I think he's he's awful, evil, and terrible. But the sole focus of a government should be to, should be to protect its own people, not people that pe- not not to the people you can't point to on a map. When do we get some of this freedom? What about us? So I don't want to hear about you know you can you can have your your parades and your vigils and whatnot about the freedoms of other people. That's fine. Do that. But what about a, a candlelight vigil for the freedoms of the of Americans that have been so trampled the last two years what about that you know i i i i I, i've gotten so weary of people just regurgitating the nonsense war propaganda from the mainstream media or the corporate press whether it's fox news or cnn they're all the same in this in, in this particular issue they're so willing to go along with the official narrative i'm like it's no wonder we're becoming slaves to our own government. It's no wonder we're in the situation we are. Because if you can't see clearly that maybe we're being lied to in this whole Russia-Ukraine thing, then it's no wonder that COVID happened. It's no wonder the lockdowns and the mandates happened. Well, trust the experts. They're the ones in charge. Yeah, the ones in charge are kind of screwing you over. So, I... They're... I, I'm just I'm so tired. No, I, I, I agree. I'm, I'm so tired of the Republicans and conservatives constantly falling for this. I, I think that this rhetoric is getting dangerous. I, there's a, there's a, what I mean by that is that there's a, there's there are two tweets I want to reference. There's one from from Eric Swalwell. Um, you know, whenever he's not um, hooking up with his um, Chinese spy. Uh, he's making bad tweets like like, like this. So it says um, um, he's he is uh, retweeting a Fox News piece that says that Eric Swalwell floats kicking Russians at the U.S. universities in retaliation to Putin invading Ru- Ukraine. Yes, because innocent Russian students who are here um, studying abroad um, definitely are responsible for the actions of the president who, who, who they may or may not support. Definitely, 100%. And... Um, he goes on to uh, try to try, try to dunk on them, but it doesn't really turn out too well. Then I have another tweet here from a former um, NHL player, uh, Dominic um, Hashkits. I don't know. He's he's a he's a Dutch, I think. So I'm not going to pronounce his name right. Um, it goes on to say this. Uh, for those who don't know, the um, NHL, uh, well, hockey is one of the sports that uh, has a, a large amount of uh, Russian players. You don't see many Russian baseball players or basketball players or or um, football players, so uh, hockey is their sport, and a uh, and the best Russian hockey players play in the United States in Canada. Goes on to say uh, the the NHL must immediately suspend the contracts for all Russian players. Every athlete represents not only himself and his club, but also his country and the values and its actions. That is a fact. If the NHL does not do so, it is directly co-responsible for the dead in Ukraine. As I write this, I am very sorry for those Russian athletes who condemn Vladimir Putin and his Russian aggressors in Ukraine. However, at the moment, I do also consider their exclusion a necessity. So, we're excluding people based solely upon um, their their nationality. Uh, so, regardless of the fact that they uh, probably disagree with what's going on, or maybe even if they do agree with what's what's, what's going on. Um, as I've already, sta- I've already stated, 
Um, invading other countries is completely cool as long as you're down with the U.S. doing it. But whenever you're for Russia doing it, that's not allowed. So this all came from um, Alex Alex Ovechkin, who is the top Russian player in in the world right now. Um, plays plays for the Capitals, one of the best players in the NHL right now. Uh, he he was asked about this, and he gave a very um, dodging answer. Um, didn't really come out and condemn it, didn't really come out and praise it, just said it's a very bad situation and hope it all comes to a peaceful resolve. And, of course, people took an opportunity to say, well, this is him silently endorsing what's going on. Um, <laughs> never mind the fact that this is a extremely high-profile athlete who is known, um, pretty sure that everyone in the Russian government knows who um, Ovechkin, Ovechkin is. is, and whose family still currently lives in Russia. So maybe him coming out against this supposed killer um, would have put his family at jeopardy knowing that um, a small political um, jab to, to win over the hearts of the of the American lying corporate press is not greater than the lives of his family. And I think, honestly, in that situation, I'd make the same call as well. I don't think Ovechkin is, like, secretly watching the uh, this, this all unfold and um, cheering and rooting it on and popping champagne. I don't think any of the Russian players are doing that, to be honest. But um, that's where we're at right now. We're, we're, we're seriously considering the fact that we're going to start de- deporting people based solely upon their their actions. Again, imagine, uh, let's just say the United Kingdom uh, deporting American students because of what the U.S. did in um, Yemen. I think a much more justifiable argument is being made there, but nevertheless, still wrong. That's where we're at right now. And I think really at this point, I'm going to conclude my talking points with this, is that we really only have two options. Tucker Carlson said it this way best. He's like, we got a bad situation on our hands. This whole notion of, oh, well, what what Trump would have done or should we have done X, Y, and Z to prevent this? The, the sanctions failed, but should we have put more troops in Ukraine? That's all over. So we can play Monday morning quarterback all we want, but it's not going to change the fact of what we're dealing with right now in Ukraine. There are two options here. The first option is we can make the situation way worse by cyber attacking Russia for whatever reason they think that'll make them stop, um, crippling the um, already weak Russian economy um, to the point where you make Russians more desperate. And like Sunita, I mind you, a a small amount of um of um some nuclear weapons are maintained and operated through this infrastructure. So weakening it, use your caution. There is all I'm gonna say. And ruining the lives of billion or not billions, but sorry, millions of Russians who who had nothing to do with this and will only create more animosity towards the rest of the world, further isolating a evil country and an evil dictator um some more from the national stage than ever and also you know it's a world war three <laughs> all kind of lumped in there that's option one or option two because again there's no like saying hey well we can just create peace and that's all no 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 the cat's had the bag at this point we can surrender ukraine to russia thinking that hey this is all he's coming for maybe he might leave us alone and everyone goes home and do nothing. Those are really our options at this point. So is surrendering Ukraine to Russia good? Probably not. 
probably not the best situation for the people of Ukraine and the people of Russia. But honestly, other than that, what else is there that is not plunge us further into involvement into a hot war with the largest holder of a nuclear weapons in Russia. I don't see, I, I legit don't see any other argument. Again, if you have an argument or a way to peacefully resolve this or not please peacefully resolve this, what, what is your take on what's going on? Because I don't see one that doesn't either involve us completely minding our own business, which we probably should have done a long time ago, and leaving Ukraine to whatever fate it's going on. Again, that's a really crappy thing to do, considering that we will be done to that region. But the other option, the only other option, is literally putting troops into Ukraine to fight Russia, just to stop whatever um, it, advancement into the um, country and taking over the country. I, I, I don't think I don't think Ukraine is going to be able to stand forever. You know, it, it it will fall to to Russian control at some point. It's just Russia got too big of a military compared to Ukraine. So other than us getting involved, I don't I, I just don't see any other option. Well, um, one of the reasons why I think Trump wouldn't have gotten it right either is because there was a report that came out. I can't remember where, where from where, but it had said basically that he uh, Russia or Trump told Putin that if you invade Ukraine, I will bomb Moscow. Yes. Uh, again, wrong move. Um, and then two people were people say that well Trump was better on NATO. No, he wasn't. He was just as bad, if just not as worse. Bad. Because you know it's fine that he won them. He won these European countries to pay more for it. But the right answer would have been to for the U.S. to pull its support for NATO. Because like we said earlier, there's no reason for it to exist. And again, um, Trump is crazy enough or dumb enough that he probably would have bombed Moscow. Now, Lord knows where we would be if that actually happened, because I think Trump probably would have done it. He's that crazy, and that's kind of reason why I'll never be voting for him again and why I don't want him as president again, because we see what, what happens when people turn 80 and the White House looks like. Uh, it's not so hot. Um, but I don't think Trump would have gotten it right either. And you, you see all these backbenchers like his son and all these other people saying that, you know, Putin didn't invade when my daddy was in the White House. Like, I, again, you're, you're missing the point here. He still he, if he still would have because Biden took all of the same steps that Trump would have done. There's nothing different between these two act people. Maybe their rhetoric was different. I mean, Trump's rhetoric wasn't as as harsh when it came to, you know, claiming that claiming that they stole an election. But I, I, I don't see... Well, see, when, when Donnie spoke at CPAC, he said the reason why Putin invaded, because he's smart. Putin's smart, and our leaders are dumb. Yeah, you were also one of those dumb leaders, too, that, that made this situation what it is. You're a part of this, too, Donnie. You, you don't get off of this at all, because you were a part of this. Your, the pages of history has your name in it and the reason why this happened. This is If you want to point any blame to this, it's squarely on the head of NATO. On the EU and on the United States, we are responsible. I say we, I mean the elites. They are the reason why this is happening. It's got nothing to do with you and me. It's their fault. They are the ones who should be dealing with this, not us. We should be paying any zero, zero costs for this. Because I want to also add this too. But if we ever get involved with with Russia, did any of us vote for this? Did anybody? Like when Biden says, you know, these we're gonna have there's gonna be economic pain from these sanctions. Did we have a vote? Did anybody ask us if we wanted this? 
No. That's the Congress didn't vote for any. There of was these. no congressional vote. There was no national poll taken. As far as well, you know, we will solely be re- directly responsible for paying these for these consequences. Or we will take that burden because we feel this is so, such a great cause yeah. that we are willing to pay more. Nobody, for, nobody asked yeah, us that. No, nobody's wanting this. No, we have no vote, no poll, nothing. But but do you see what I'm saying? I don't think there's any. I I I, I can't. I don't see any other action. What, what I think that what I think it what I think what's going to happen is is that um. We can't undo what's been done the last thirty years. There's, there's no, there's no going back, and so we are really in uncharted territory. And I, 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 I don't know what he's going to do next. And I, I'm really fearful of the U.S. and the the NATO pushback. What, how far they're going to go? Because if we keep up with the sanctions and we keep pushing back on the Russians. What happens when Russia and China drop the U.S. reserve currency? If they, if game they, over, man. If they start trading in a different currency. Or cryptocurrencies or, or, the, or the yuan or the yen. What happens then? It's, it's game over. What good have you done then? Well, that's the danger that people are not seeing with the sanctions. People are just saying, yeah. oh, we need, oh, we need to sanction them more and make them hurt. Okay, well, what happens whenever they say, screw the U.S. dollar? We can't trade it in anyways because of these sanctions. We're just going to drop it. We're going to something else. We'll go to something else. And what have you done? What have you gained? You've only made Russia stronger by 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 taking them off of it, and you've weakened the United States financial system forever. You've destroyed it. You've crippled it. It's it's it it is the line from from Aliens. Game over, man. It's game over. That, that that's again. I, sanctions are a form of aggression. It is a war. It it is an act of it is a it is it is a low key act of war and and I'm I'm including sanctions, cyber attacks, all in this Package. offenses. There's this option one offense against Russia that's pushing us towards a a World War Three. I don't see there is no other options here. We we this the whole people coming out saying well Donald Trump this Donald Trump. I don't care. Donald Trump's not in the White House. And even if he was, I don't. I don't have the confidence that he would have made the right call either. I, I just don't. The people that are making this argument are not probably the most informed on 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 what what Donald Trump was doing. People had this idea that he was so strong that like Putin wouldn't have dared to make an argument. But like all of a sudden, because he's not, then that just emboldened him to strike. Some uh, uh, BS bullcrap. I'm I'm, I'm calling um, Bible study on that one. Um, yeah, we're stuck. And honestly, I'm not. I, I'm not afraid of what Russia's gonna do. I'm honestly more afraid of what our president's gonna do and what and w- and what NATO's gonna do. Because, because, because all it takes is just one hero country out of out of NATO to to send troops, and then all of a sudden we're just roped into this by default. Because because of course, as NATO goes, an attack on one is an attack on all. Well, a lot of people are saying that if. If uh, if something happens in Poland, that will trigger Article Five of the the NATO Charter, and then the U.S. has to get involved because we are legally obligated to come to their defense because they're a NATO country. Uh, again, this is why this is why NATO is stupid. Because if someone, if there's a loose trigger out there, if someone steps foot in the wrong area, or someone just gets a little too excited. We're talking about the U.S. getting involved fighting the Russians because someone made a mistake. That's how fragile things are. That's what I'm, that's what I'm honestly more afraid of because I, I don't think Putin is dumb enough to want to get to war with the U.S. Because, look, 
people who understand this know that if the U.S. and Russia goes to war, it's it's pretty much over for civilization as we as we know it. It, it, it. There is no coming back. There's no there's no pushing pushing this a rewind or turning the record over to the to to to, to side B to resume life again. Um, there is no new normal from from that, and I, I think honestly Putin knows that. Which makes his move to Russia, his move to Ukraine, very puzzling because it only escalates that further. But again, I understand why he's doing it. I don't agree with it, but I understand why he's doing it. I, for the people who want to peddle this, I question your your morals. I question where you're at. It it is one thing to want to invade a third world nation in the Middle East because you know they can't fight back. But it's another thing to pick a fight with Russia. I'm honestly, you have a perfect opportunity now for everybody that pushes, and they may not say ground troops, but pushes further aggression against Russia. You see what they really, really want. And and you can automatically just defer that, Hey, you're an idiot. I don't have to listen to you. Or or I can no longer value your opinion. Which honestly, I could say you could use that universally at this point. Because we all kind of know what's, what's going to happen if things escalate even further with the United States. So I'm giving you guys a free pass to start doing that to people. Because we're at that point now where you're talking about billions dead. And that's not... That's not that's, that's not something something small just to throw around all willy nilly, um, for this fight of uh, the great democracy of, see Ukraine, the cradle of democracy. Well, to say as to quote Glenn Greenwald to paraphrase him, to say that the to say that the country of Ukraine is worth World War Three, is laughable. It, it is, and I think you should uh, permission laugh at people who think that. Ukraine is worth is worth a chance at World War Three. At laugh at it because it, it you can't. There's no argument to be made there. Yes, what's happening in Ukraine is terrible, but World War Three. Not even I. And, and seeing and seeing some of the photos, some of the videos that are coming out of Ukraine, you, you're literally having um, everyday people arm themselves to defend to defend their homes and their farms and whatever. Against. You can see the the Ukraine government conscript eighteen to sixty year olds to fight. Yes, but I'm saying though, just to, just just to to put myself in the situation of like, hey, I have to defend my home against a Russian soldier. Uh, no one should be put in that situation. I can under I can empathize with someone being put in that situation. But is that I I, I can't justify. Yeah. I, I can't justify the end of civilization over Ukraine. You, I, I, and, and if and if you can, I'm all ears, honestly. Yeah, the uh, I I kind of looked into this how bad the situation was there in Ukraine, and uh, Zelensky uh, declared martial law, and he's not allowing um, men eighteen to sixty year olds eight, eighteen to sixty year olds to allow. He's not allowing them to leave the country. They have to stay and fight. Basically, if you can operate a firearm, you're, you, you have, have to, to stay. stay. Um, and there's been some. Uh, some funny business going on with some of the pictures and videos that, that have been coming out. Uh, I saw on Fox News that they were showing citizens holding what looks like AKs, but they were really like wooden props. And that was on Fox News. Um, there was uh, some of the videos that you might be seeing on TikTok are probably fake. 
because uh, a lot of them are from like U.S. like Air Force air shows or from video games. So you got to be on the lookout for that too. Um, it's because it's funny how you put in hashtag Russia Ukraine and then you, you automatically get picked up by the algorithm and now your videos are trending. Well, but what's, what what's, I said about go ahead. But what's really sad about it that too the people that are posting these videos are then asking for donations that never end up going to Ukraine. Yeah, um, I. That's really sad. That's sick. Yeah, I think that's that's just sick. as evil. But as I think what is kind of thing. funny is I talked to you about this too. So TikTok is like lockstep with the Chinese government, who are friendly with the Russia, like they're they're friends as far as the governments go. Um, I I, I don't know what Ru- I have no evidence to support this, but I don't know what China's doing to control what's being a about what's being allowed to be said about what's going on over there um because i because i know that china you can't post anything about like Tiananmen square stuff like stuff like that's not mm-hmm. allowed to be posted or um on certain aspects of tiktok so again tiktok's like tiktok's is a cancer to society so um I, I don't know what is being allowed to be said over there but i don't know what the chinese government's allowing bite dance to be, to be put out so i don't know but that's all I really. That's, that's all I really got. I had some other things I want to talk about, but we're at an hour and a half. You know, Biden so uh, I, uh, named a new Supreme Court nominee, which I haven't even looked into that. I haven't. I saw her name, and I saw that she from is Harvard, primarily working. She primarily worked for low income civil. No, low income civil it, cases. It was not civil rights. It was another. It was another. It was another, She she was a defense attorney for a lot of. A lot of really like good causes. I from what I from the brief bit that I read in the Wall Street Journal, whenever she announced it or he announced it, um, I don't know. I mean, she's probably going to be a progressive and kind of kind of weird, but that's just from what well, I. Well, Lindsey Graham will vote for. Yeah, so Lindsey Graham will vote for because he wants to seem not not racist. So he'll um yeah. So he'll compromise his his morals to seem not racist. But um, that's the show for this episode, episode one forty two, Standing Brothers show. Um, the intro did not pan out. We got very dark and very gloomy towards the end, but that's where we're at. Honestly, I think that I, I don't know. I was going to, I thought I would have something more enlightening to say at this because I've really been marinating on this topic all weekend. Kind of, I wanted to fill a full episode up with this, but I am kind of concerned we are at DEFCON 3 as far as Jacob's concerned level with this. Um, and I'm trying to remain positive and I'm trying to remain um, optimistic about the future. But knowing who we have in charge and knowing their record as far as when it comes to getting ourselves involved in things that don't that are not our business. And seeing, also seeing where, where the country is, it's becoming harder and harder because um, I think right now that there is a there is a plead from Americans to do something and that's very very dangerous because something is not good and I think it's where we're at I have zero confidence that anyone will do the right thing and that's and that's honestly where that's honestly where I have my concern level at where it's at I have I have this. no confidence that Biden or uh, anyone will do the right thing. And again, not from the standpoint of concerns that like one day in Atlanta, I'll have to be going through Russian checkpoints or that they're going to, but the fact that, Hey, Biden does something stupid and 
Putin, Russia responds. And Russia responds. And then, hey, we're, 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 we are drafting 20-year-olds to go fight in, in, in Ukraine and Poland. Um, that's very, very bad. You know, would it even come to that, knowing that we have nuclear warheads? Maybe not. I I I don't know because we we are we are playing with a with, with a with a rattlesnake, and we're not exactly Steve Irwin. Steve Irwin right now. We're a TikToker. Okay, we are a TikToker playing with a rattlesnake. And you know, uh, look look, Steve Irwin didn't make it out of in that. So in the end, and rest in peace, Steve Irwin. So love you. But he didn't make it, so I, I don't know what the confidence level for the TikToker is in this situation. Um, yeah, I, I just I hope and pray for the best in all this, and I hope and pray for the wisdom of our leaders, um, almost as as much as the innocence and the people that are being thrust into the situation um, unjustifiably. Uh, and, you know, the Standing Brothers show, do we stand with Ukraine, Joe? Do we hashtag? Are we going to change? Are we going to do the hashtag stand with Ukraine for this title? Probably not because that's cringy. Well, I mean, I don't I, – I'm not I'm not on the U.S. side. I'm not on Russia's side. I'm not on Ukraine's side. I'm on the side of peace. I'm just on the, side, on the side of, side let's, of let's peace. Let's just mind our own business. We sh- that's, what, from what, that's what we should have been doing. Um I can under I understand why Putin's do doing what he's doing. Don't agree with it, but I understand it. You know, maybe I, this, might, maybe this might, might be a good waking up lesson for people to just see that hey, if we don't mind our own business, maybe this can be the consequence because well, it's made so much national this attention. This is what uh, Scott Horton's calling blowback. This is what this is what what Ron Paul was trying to explain to Giuliani in the the, the presidential debates. This is blowback. This is the the U.S. and NATO aggression that's been going on for years, and now we're finally seeing the consequences for that. But because you know you're not allowed to question, and in, in, in all of our actions are always seen as morally just and righteous, well, we we sit back and wonder why is this happening, right? Everyone wondered why 9/11 happened, but when they were when then when Ron Paul points out, hey, we, what we've been doing here is causing this, everyone's like, well, hey, you're blaming America, yeah. So textbook again, people who have been following this and who are right on this, the Scott Hortons of the world, um, are being proven correct once again through all of this. So that's the episode of the show. I'm gonna be working on a piece about this. I didn't. People probably were, were looking for a, an article, but I really wanted to save the thoughts for this. We know what you should have done. What? Uh, Putin is bad. That's and that's it. Putin. I'm a. I am a, I am proudly against the invasion. Uh, Jacob Standridge stands boldly and courageously against the Russian invasion. Wow, wow Jacob, what, what a what a what a bold statement! How are you tearing up over here? Tearing up over here. Um, yeah, I'm work. I'll work on something. I think I'm gonna pull something out of my butt. And uh, oh, but if mm. if I do if I do this, I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna just content warning and and stuff like that. I'm not gonna hold back. Because I'm, I have an idea about the term invasion being universally bad, and I was thinking about it while I'm sitting here. So I might do something like that, and it's it's not going to be like like so I'm not going to cuss or anything in the article, but it's not going to be PG. I'm going to say when when I bring up some of the things that the U.S. has done as far as the word invasion, um, and kind of maybe sober some people up, and maybe might might check. 
Well, their... you know, if you're telling the truth, then no, you no, know... no, no, no. I understand that, but I'm saying that some people find it really uncomfortable to see the actions of the United States because, as Bill O'Reilly says, we're supposed to be the shining example for the for the, for the rest of the world, and 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 well, everything we ain't been doing we, that, and everything that we do is is out of a good moral heart. So maybe I'll work on that this week, and that, I'll post sure. that later anyway. this week. So. All right. That's the show, guys. If you enjoy what you listen to, um, consider consider joining the website. Five bucks a month gets you one day early access to the episodes. You can buy a T-shirt from the Teespring store. Follow my pre-mentioned Substack at libertyoverdrive.substack.com. Um, the social media accounts are going away forever. So if you still got the link to this on my Spotify, not Spotify, my Facebook or Instagram, those go away. I think on Thursday, I got an email about it saying, saying, we hope to see you back. Mark Zuckerberg is like, oh my gosh, he's leaving. <laughs> Started crying. That's, um, what, that's why the metaverse is failing. Can he cry? Can Mark, can Mark Zuckerberg cry? I don't think that's in his the program. Can robots cry? I don't think that's in his program. Can Data cry? No, unless he has the emotion chip. But Data, okay, but normal, okay, but vanilla Data can't cry. No. So Mark Zuckerberg can't cry. Nope. So he's just over there like... <laughs> He's like emotion not detected. Emotion not detected while he's writing this. Um, but yeah, we'll see you guys on Friday. Um, whatever the episode looks like, I don't know. Maybe something cool. We'll see. Um, until then, take it easy. Be safe out there and Listen, peace. Uh,